Hello, and welcome back to The Best of Moments with Moni. Today, we're going to cover number three from the Home and Heart series that has to do with Socrates, Psalm 104, and Herbs and Our Health. Now, how do all those fit together? Well, stay tuned to find out. If you're enjoying the podcast, I invite you to leave a question or comment at the website at momentswithmoni.com. Hello, and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here. Join me as we ponder life from a biblical perspective. In today's episode, we'll cover Socrates, Psalm 104, and herbs. Stay tuned. You can listen to Moments with Moni on the following apps. Apple, iTunes, Anchor, Stitcher, and Overcast. Click on the website link on any of these apps to subscribe at my blog and receive a newsletter to keep you up to date on all the moments with Moni. I hope you're enjoying your moments right now. Thanks for joining me. As I was enjoying my cup of herbal tea and looking over some journal notes on writing, I was contemplating the next topic for this podcast. I came across some notes that I had written in my book about Socrates, a few quotes of his. I don't agree with all of it, but it was interesting to have, so I wrote it down. One of the things he mentioned was that writing is not what people should be doing with their time. Writing is a pale imitation of our true vocation. Talking with fellow human beings about what really matters, that's the important thing. Literature is an art of revenge on a world too busy to listen. Now, if you know anything about Socrates, he never wrote anything down. We know of his thoughts through Plato and other historians. Socrates wanted to establish an ethical system based on human reasoning rather than theological doctrine of his day. His belief of great leaders was those who possess knowledge, virtue, and a complete understanding of self. His motto was, Know Thyself. Socrates was forced to drink hemlock and sentenced to death. One of the reasons he was sentenced to death was he incited the youth against the government, and he also turned the citizens against the gods that Greece believed in and pointed them towards gods that Socrates believed in. A few more of his quotes, There is only one good, he thought that was knowledge, and only one evil, ignorance. He said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And one of my favorites, by all means, Mary, if you get a good wife, you'll become happy. If you get a bad one, you'll become a philosopher. And he certainly was a philosopher. The last quote, when the debate is lost, slander becomes the tool of the loser. After reading about Socrates, I was glad the herbs in my cup were not hemlock. I much prefer the peppermint or chamomile or even oregano tea out of my garden. Speaking of the garden, God created that back in Genesis chapter 1. He tells us about that. And verse 11 and 12 say, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. God spoke all these things into being. He created them with his breath. 
The psalmist in Psalm 104 creates a joyful hymn of praise to the creator of all. It's a divine poetic commentary on creation itself. The psalm is a recap of the creation and a praising of God for all that he has done in that creation. In verse 14, the psalmist says, He, meaning God, causes the grass to grow for the cattle and the herb for the service of man that he may bring forth food out of the earth. God made the grass to grow for the animals to have food, the herb and the plants, every green thing for us to eat for food, for animals and for mankind to eat. All these things straight out of the earth. In the New Testament, we are reminded that it is good to eat meat as well, but that's a different story. For today, we're going to concentrate on herbs and the green things. My mom grew up in Germany during the war, the Second World War, and there wasn't a doctor around all the time. And her mother taught her a lot about the herbs and the plants that were available around them and how she could use them for her own health. So I grew up at home with a garden everywhere we lived because mom enjoyed doing that and so did we. There were five kids, and there was a an orchard and a garden, and we had animals, rabbits, chickens, ducks, pigeons, all kinds of things, and we used them and to feed the family. As an adult, I continued growing my own vegetables and herbs and drying the herbs and putting them up for tinctures in the future. I usually made those in the winter when things were a little slower. I've done some classes, taught some classes on making tinctures and what the herbs are all about because I started realizing that a lot of people don't understand or don't have the knowledge of what these herbs were and what they could do for you. I turned to them seriously in about the year 2000 when I started having some extreme chemical sensitivities and allergies. After keeping a food journal for a while, I realized it's not what I'm eating or drinking, it's what's in the food or in the water that I was consuming. And this was back in 2000 when speaking about things like this was not as prevalent and there certainly wasn't anything online yet that I could look into. I was reading labels before reading labels was even considered necessary. Once I removed the excess chemicals and additives from my food, I was looking at my environment, tried to take out as many chemicals in my cleaning around the house, and also I realized it's going to have to affect my medicine cabinet as well. Hippocrates is usually credited by saying, let thy food be thy medicine, and medicine be thy food. So I started doing some research. WebMD is very helpful. They have a section on there where you can check and see if any of the herbs and medications that you might be taking may contradict each other. I am not a doctor, of course, so uh, you really need to check all these things out for yourself, for your family, and make sure that you can use the following herbs that I mentioned uh, safely for your own family. The three most important herbs to our family would be mullein, oregano, and elderberries. Mullein is used for upper respiratory type conditions, coughs, colds, even asthma, and we use it as a mullein tincture so that we can use a few drops if we have a cough or a cold. One winter I had a really bad case of bronchitis and the mullein worked better than the codeine cough syrup that the doctor prescribed. 
The next herb I keep on hand is oregano. It can be used as a tincture, as tea. It can be used topically, or you can take it internally. It's used to treat the immune system, to keep it strong. There have been reports that it is an antibiotic, anti-cancer, anti-fungal, anti-parasitic, antibacterial, anti-diabetic, anti-inflammatory, and anti-allergenic help. That's incredible. Okay, so it won't grow your pinky back if you cut it off, but it does help a lot. So you can treat sinus infections with it, athlete's foot or ringworm, bronchitis or the croup. I've read reports that it works better than antibiotics. Of course, do your own research. Now, I keep it as a vegetable glycerin tincture, and I mix it with a few drops of oil, like olive oil, almond oil, coconut oil, anything like that, and rub it on an area that might need some help as far as an infection is concerned, or tummy trouble, or you can take a few drops of the tincture and put it in a little bit of water and swish it around in your mouth and swallow. I've even used oregano as a tea. Just add a little bit of honey or your favorite sweetener and drink up. Another important aspect of oil of oregano, especially during this time of the coronavirus, uh, there have been reports that oil of oregano is also an antiviral help. It's definitely in my medicine cabinet and we are taking it as a precaution if we're around anybody that's sick. So far, so good. The third herb that I like to keep on hand is elderberries. I usually just purchase those dried online because I can't go out into the forest and find them anywhere myself. And it's very convenient to be able to buy them from places like Mountain Rose Herbs, the bulk herb store online. Dried berries can be used to make a tincture, a an elderberry syrup, as elderberry gummies or even elderberry cordial. Elderberries are high in antioxidants, they are anti-inflammatory, they help with colds and flu, sinus infections help lower blood sugar, it's a natural diuretic, natural laxative, encourages healthy skin, it helps ease your allergies, and it helps prevent cancer. After I make the elderberry tincture, I use a few squirts of that in a warm cup of water and make a tea out of it. I make it a plain tincture so that I can share it with my grandchildren. But for myself, I add to the cup for the tea some cinnamon and ginger and cloves to give it warmth and spice it up. When you have a cold, that is really helpful to loosen congestion and just make you feel better. If drying all these herbs, hunting for them in the forest, really sounds like too much for you, you can always go to the health food store, even grocery stores carry these things now, or Amazon online and order your own tinctures. Whether they are alcohol-based or vegetable glycerin-based, you need to check that online. I hope I encouraged you to look into these things and start doing some research for yourself so that by the time you or your family might fall ill or need a little immune boost, you will have something different than chemicals to turn to. Speaking of herbs, dear, what was that that you were telling me earlier? Well, I was reflecting upon the famous last words of Socrates. I drink what?
with Moni. If you enjoy this channel, please share it with your friends, give it a like, give it a comment, and help spread the word. Thanks for listening.